Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. So, let's jump into the text. I believe that God wants to speak to us. Uh, Mark chapter 2. Uh, verses 13 through 17. I'm going to be reading from the CSB version. This is what the word of God says. So Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them. Then passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and he followed him. And while he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who were following him. And when the scribes, who were Pharisees, saw that he was eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? They didn't ask Jesus, because they were too punk to ask Jesus. But they asked the teenagers. And when Jesus, he heard them, he told them, it is not those who are well who need a doctor. I love how Jesus, he gets right to the heart of the matter and then confuses them at the same time. (laughs) But those who are sick, and now he elevates it. He takes it from this, this figure of speech or this analogy, and now he elevates it to truth. He says, I didn't come call the righteous, but sinners. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Your word has the ability to change us from the inside out completely. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves to the word of God today. I thank you for the worship of your people. I thank you for the way that we've exalted you. But now, Lord, we want to hear from you. Lord, I hide behind your cross. I decrease so that you may increase and that your people will be built up and equipped to do every good thing that you have in store for them. Lord, help us learn how to come to the crib. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, just elbow somebody real quick and say, come to the crib. Come to the crib. Anybody uh, who has been around uh, the 757 or any other coast of, of, uh, of one part of the country or another country, but you live near water, you know, you just kind of learn that fishing is a way of living. In fact, years ago, I decided to pick up fishing for like a summer. And that was not because I wanted to get some relaxation. That was not because I wanted to enjoy like a leisure activity. We needed more protein in our house because we were broke and I needed more protein to provide for my family. And so this was not, this was, I did not take up this hobby for sport or for uh, a way of enjoying my time. You see, my wife, Lydia, she, as y'all saw, she's yoga and she's breathing, breathe, exhale. She's all that. She gets into all, I struggle when it comes to where we have to do our meditation and we're doing that. I get, my brain starts racing. Anybody else like, it's like, I just, I struggle to just sit and be still. And so the idea of fishing for fun 
and you may not catch anything makes no cognitive sense to me. So I said, so you can spend hours in the sun and, and spend time and energy and leave the same way you came with no substance. And the brother told me, my brother, he said, he said, yeah. So I was like, all right, let's, so let's try this. So I went out there a couple times and I'm hitting all the different, you know, I went to get my Walmart, got my little, you know, your license. Some of y'all brothers, ladies, y'all, you know, I got my license. I got the, I got the fresh water and the salt water. So I go anywhere where I needed to go. I got my little tackle box and, you know, I got me a rod, I think, and, you know, and, and then I realized once you get around real fishermen, you look at your little like play school, little tyke kid. I was like, oh, sh I'm not official at all. You know, I got a bone of hats. I had a fisher shirt. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to tackle, you know, short. I was trying to be official, you know. We get out there and I was the one that was like, all right, this seems like on TV, in the movies, you got to and there's this whole action of like cast it and then you take it and then bring it back in. I thought the activity was, you know, in the movies, it's like, you, I got a big one and you got, you know what I mean? Like, so, so I started doing that. I was bringing it in and then my, my, my reel got caught, like the, the string. I, brothers, I don't know whatever it's called. Like it got, my wire got stuck and I was like, all right, well, let's try it again. And, it was, and what I noticed is I was doing all that extraness. The real OG fishermen and fisherwomen, they had a, a joint in a little stand and they just drop it in there. But I had, but then they had another one that drop it in there. And they had about five of them. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Now, me and my little extra looking all out of place, doing it wrong. I was excited because I'm out here fishing, but I wasn't fishing properly because when I looked at the people who were professionals, they were okay with dropping their rod, dropping their line in there, and just waiting for the fish to come. And I started thinking about this last week when Bishop was talking, and I was like, Lord, maybe it's not so much that we don't want to fish, maybe we just don't know how to fish. I wanted to feed my family. I ain't going to tell you, I had only caught like a little croaker this big. <laughs> that one time. Every other time, I ain't catch nothing. And I got spoiled because my, my man Tank, who, you know, this is how we spend our time. You know, I get a chance to encourage him. He's not a believer, so we just spend time talking. He caught this big old trout, rainbow trout, this big. I was like, oh, this is how this goes. You just catch big fish all the time. And I went out there enough. I was like, nah because I was fishing incorrectly. And what if our issue is not that we, we don't wanna, we wanna fish, but we're not fishing properly based on the times that we're living in. And the responsibility as a disciple is to still go out there and fish. <laughs> and today I wanna talk about how we do the things that we were talking about of being a person of influence. And just to give you a little context around Mark as we were describing, like the, the cool thing about the, the gospel of Mark 
is that there, there are words that, are, that he inserts into the text throughout the entire book of Mark that it, it's a word that, it, like the word immediately. That's a, that's, that's a phrase that he uses throughout the text. But he's, he's trying to show you an action story of what Jesus is doing. He's trying to put you in the, in the, in the picture of, of, so you can see that what this was happening in real time. It was quick. So he, he moves the story along with this, this phrasing. There's another, another phrasing where he, he, he shows you these, these groups of threes. He shows you what happens when he gets healed, when he heals people. At the same time, while the Pharisees are, 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 are talking about him, and at the same time, while he's addressing his disciples, there's all these things that are happening in the story. So, so right here in Mark chapter two, Jesus just just finishes like he just finishes asking this lame man to get up and take up his mat and walk. And so that's the context of, of, of what's happening. And then after he does that, he spends his time going down beside the sea, and then he starts to, to, to hear these, these Pharisees, these, these critics, these, these fake religious people, these people that claim to know God but didn't know of God. They, they claim the truth, but they didn't walk out in the truth. And I want you to know, when you decide to become a fisherman, when you decide to become a, a woman of influence or a man of influence and you want God to use you, you best believe that there's going to be some cats that claim they know the truth and claim that how they know how to fish properly and you're not doing it right. You're supposed to do it like this. My, they haven't caught no fish in a thousand years and they're going to tell you how to fish. What I have discovered is that when God is ready to release his power in your life so that you can have an overflow to bless other people, what he is not concerned with is what people used to do and how they used to do it and what happened back in the day and how that used to happen and it's not to knock any of those things, but the Bible said that it's a new day. The Bible said now there's a new covenant, there's a new wineskin, there's a new operation, and now I want you in that context, in the middle of that environment, right during the middle where all the craziness is happening, I want you to become an expert fisherwoman or fisherman. So the question is, how did Jesus do this? So let's look at, let's look at uh, th this text, and I want to extract three things out of here that I believe Jesus is helping us how to hear from people like Levi. Come to the crib. Number one, write this down, that Jesus established credibility with sinners. Jesus establishes credibility with sinners, and it starts out where he's, he's, he's going beside this sea because he just left doing this, these miracles, and then the whole crowd, the Bible says in verse 13, was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And then passing by, he saw Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me, and then he got up and followed him. Now, this is what there's there's a truth that I want to extract out of here with Jesus establishing credibility with sinners is he has compassion for the crowd, but he also has time for the one. So so the crowd, he's ministering to people and they're down with what he's saying. But Levi is over here on the side in the middle of his sin. The reason why you know the tax collector was y'all remember uh, Samuel Jackson's character from Django? Don't, don't do that to me, y'all. Don't do, do that. Don't do that to me. Y'all remember him? That was who Levi was. I said, all skin folk ain't. So Levi, who was Jewish, 
has been hired by the Roman Empire to tax the Jews, and he didn't just tax them. He was, he was manipulating them, and he was abusing them, and he was, he was extorting them, and he was, he was uh, exploiting them. He was, he, was, he was in the middle of all that. The Bible says that he was at his place of work. And then, and then Jesus, as he's dealing with the crowd, the Bible says is that Jesus notices and is aware of Levi. He saw Levi. Now listen, what that tells me is that Jesus has the capacity to, to, to call us and to call others in the middle of our abuse, in the middle of our scheming, in the middle of our exploitation, in the middle of our corruption. He calls him to himself anyways. And so Jesus is, is completely fine with seeing you exactly where you are. But then this is what he says about us to those that want to fish and fish well. He, he, he notices the crowd and the mob, so he's attentive there. But his attention is on the one over there that doesn't think he can be a part, that doesn't think that he can be down, that doesn't think that he has everything that is possible for him to be a part of what he's talking about. But Jesus knows this because he sees that, that, that Levi is over here. And he's perplexed because Levi has never seen a man heal people. He has never seen a man talk about the exploits of God. He has never seen a man do the miracles and, and heal people and walk in the miraculous and, and love people and say all these incredible things. So Levi is perplexed. Levi is like, who is this dude over there that can heal people that are actually sick and then they actually get well? Who is this person that can talk to religious folk and still be credible and still be able to stand? in the middle of all the criticism and still walk on truth. What I need you to know is that God has called you to be that same type of believer. He's called you to look over at the one over here that says, I can't be a part. He's called you to say, I need you to go right in the middle of where they are and ask them this same idea. Come follow me. And he says, follow. That, that, that word follow, as you look it up in, in the Greek, it just means to investigate, to properly be in the same way, or to accompany after closely, to resemble. And so it's interesting, in the early first century of Christianity, Jesus sends his, his spirit to the disciples, and he promises, hey, the, the, the helper is going to come. The Holy Spirit comes. They're meeting in the upper room. Spirit of God uh, is, invite, invades the, the, the people that are gathering, about 120 believers. Peter gets up and, and preaches the, uh, the most incredible message ever. Through over 3,000 people come to faith. The church is birthed right there in that moment. And then, and then shortly after that, the church begins to face a, a, a ton of persecution from the Roman Empire. And so they're, they're, what was interesting about what they call, they didn't call the way of, they didn't call this thing following, they didn't call it Christianity. There were no subgenres or libraries there was no there was there was just the the teachings of Jesus and the people who gathered around the teachings of Jesus who, who listened to the word and then they preached the good news of Jesus to people that weren't like them they preached the good news to, to, to Samaritans they preached the good news to people that were out in Judea they preached the good news to Asians they preached the good news to Africans they preached the good news to everybody and as they preached the good news what people begin to notice about people that were listening to this message is that their lives begin to change and now they were able to be generous 
and now they were able to love people that were unlovable. Classism died down, and, and their racism died down, and their, their idea of elitism began to die down, and they were able to embrace what the, what the, word of, what the, what the Bible says, that what they called it at time, was the way. It wasn't, called, it wasn't a belief system. It, it, it wasn't just a, a thing that you signed up for. It wasn't a thing that you wrote. Do you identify as Christian? No, no, no. It, it was the way of Jesus because they lived in a way that was so radically different from everybody else that they couldn't even describe it. But they said it is the way of Jesus. And so what I want to ask you this question in the Bible, it says in Psalms chapter 1 through 6, it says, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked, it leads to ruin. So my question to you that you have to understand as you're inviting people into this truth is that the way of Jesus is better than the way of this world. You have to understand as a follower of Jesus that you are not walking around with some like half-hearted, well, you know, I mean, I used to be able to wild out and do my own thing, but now I'm free in Christ, and you look all boring and sad and dead, and you got, you got no joy in your life. Your relationships are jacked up. You just kind of, well, I'm just, I'm just serving the Lord. I'm just serving God, and then you look whack and boring. Nobody wants to follow that way, but I have found the way that what Matthew saw, what Levi saw in Jesus, is he saw a person that could walk in power. He saw a person that could address the systemic issues and still not be bound to it. He saw a people that were healed even though they had their infirmities. And what God is saying to us as we're looking at people, he says, listen, does the way of following Jesus, does it establish credibility or incredibility with sinners? Is your way of following Jesus credible or incredible to sinners? When they look at your life, is there, is there, is there credibility or is your credit score negative 500? Some of y'all, does, does your credibility look like your actual credit score? Question is, as you walk out the way, is it inviting people so that now you can say, yo, come follow me? Because if you want to be a good fisherman, you're going to have to ask and cultivate credibility with sinners. Second idea is that Jesus, not only did he establish credibility, and I really want to lay into this one a little bit, Jesus cultivated trust with sinners. Jesus cultivated trust with sinners. In uh, the NLT version, I like the way it describes uh, Mark chapter 2. It says in verses 15, later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors, I love this verse, and other disreputable sinners. He says, there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Okay, so check it. These people have not confessed Jesus to be Lord. But they find disreputable Wicked, crazy sinners are following Jesus all over the place. And so Levi, the Lord asks him to follow me, and then Levi invites him to the crib. And Levi, he opens up his, his house to the Lord. So, so when, what I see is that 
when you follow Jesus, he has no problem entering every aspect of your house. And now, this is what he said. He was comfortable, so comfortable, that Jesus came into Levi's party. He didn't go like this. Holy Spirit, be with me as I go get amongst these disreputable sinners. Lord, he's not confessing. The Bible said, he, come to the crib. Jesus, come to my house. Come to my house. He's like, all right, cool. Jesus pulls up right at the table. The word says, recline. Now, how many of y'all got a chair in the crib right now that you know your spot? You know, you know where the drink goes, whatever your drink is. You, go, you know where the, whatever, you just. Jesus is at the dinner table with prostitutes cutting deals with people that are robbing people. He's over here in the middle with people that have no interest in the Pharisees or the way that the Pharisees live. But there was something different about Jesus where he was, he, it was so different and so palatable It was, a, it was that, he, that they entrusted him to come into their house. You see, when you really are following the way of Jesus, I find that people that don't even rock with the religious are okay with you. And, they, they, and Jesus was just reclining in the middle of all the stuff that was happening, and he was good. Now, don't get it twisted. He was not in there like, yeah, okay, so what we're going to do is you're going to rob them? Okay, we're going to do this. Because he won't sin in with sin. Because some of y'all, I'm talking second service, so I know we knew we're in this joint. So listen, what he was not doing, he won't participating in sin. But Levi said, come to the crib. Jesus is like, let's go. So there's two groups of us in here. Some of y'all. I'm going to deal with this thing because I, I know... This is here. You got to be honest about your biases and your fears. Listen, 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 listen. Let's, let's, let's just have a conversation. You got to be honest about your homophobia. You got to be honest about your transphobia. You got to be honest about your prejudice, your classism, your racism, your tribalism, your elitism. Well, that ain't me. That ain't me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But when you drive up and you got your nice whip, you got your nice car, and now you give them the keys to valet your joint, because you, you can valet now. It's all funny, we don't ever valet the hoopty, do we? <laughs> you valet that new joint, though. Because you. Get, you come out of that joint, you go, yeah, you give me a ticket, yeah, number 10, all right. Get your keys. Thanks, bro, thanks, thanks. You ain't tip nothing. Gave, gave that dude $2. But I'm, I'm generous. They serve you at your table. You be, I, I asked for medium rare. This came out well done. Because your elitism and your privilege. And then, baby, I'm going to give him a $2 tip. I ain't giving no tip. You know what that's, what that's the reputation that they now have of a person like us? 
because our whatever your fear or your your phobias are Jesus says I want are you living in a way that they are so trusting in you that they ask you to come to their crib when was the last time your friends who were sinners said yo come come to my spot come to my spot Jesus hadn't yet put a demand for Levi to believe or act saved so Jesus Levi is he don't even believe everything that that Jesus was about yet but what he what 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 Jesus saw when he saw him he said he's a tax collector he's a person that's taking advantage of people but what I see is the man who I'm going to change to Matthew and now he will be the person that will write the gospel of the good news of my story and now he will be the one that hundreds of millions of people billions of people will know me because he has been transformed so I can deal I can sit in the middle of your friends I can, Jesus has is okay with sitting with you right in the middle of all the craziness and all the foolishness and you don't got to be afraid and go in there like Lord oh Lord I hope they don't I hope that, you know I'm afraid don't let that sin rub up on me I ain't gonna let that rub up on me but but the bible theologically the bible says greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world so if i have an appropriate theological view of how the spirit works the bible says once the spirit of god is inside of you what is it what is this this little stuff because i can sit right in the middle of all of it and then what you find is that they're not judgmental and they're not haters and they're not they're not unloving actually they're kind of kind and they're kind of loving and they don't really talk about me and he has an interest in me they have an interest in my story they have an interest in the thing that mattered to me and then through that Jesus is dope enough to be invited into their environment and what the Lord is showing us if we want to be really good fishermen and fisherwomen is we got to be ill enough we got to be dope enough we got to and what do I mean we have to be credible enough and trusting enough for that they can invite us in and we can just be in the joint showing them the love of God my question is, can you be invited into their house, into their world, who can follow Jesus? So this question I want to ask you, does your trust extend into sinner's house, or does your mistrust keep them out of God's house? Does your trust extend into the sinner's houses, or does your mistrust keep them out of God's house? Recently, uh, Lydia and I, we were at a party. And uh, this, uh, this brother came in kind of later than everybody, and I, I noticed him, and he didn't even know this was the spot where it was at. So we were there, and I just noticed him, like, you know, I'm, I'll have a conversation. And so we sparked a conversation. He's like, yo, what do you do? What do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a, he's a producer for a lot of the, uh, the dating shows for Netflix. He, he was telling me he worked in the industry for all this stuff. So we're talking this industry talk, and telling me, he's like, well, what do you do? I was like, oh, well, I'm a pastor. He's like, huh? And a fashion designer. He's like, what? And he's like, yeah. And so we start having a conversation. Now, in the middle of the conversation, he's F this and, you know, the other stuff we say, right? <laughs> but see, like, a person that kind of has a familiarity with church, they kind of know you're not supposed to say that around, like, pastors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he was like, oh, my bad, my bad. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, bro, I'm. That don't bother me at all, fam. Like, I'm good. I'm good. He was like, all right, all right. So we started talking. We spent talking for about an hour. And um, 
we, we, I said, yo, like, well, let's exchange numbers. He said, cool. So we exchanged numbers, encouraging him, checking in on him. We're spending some time together. And, and what I realized is that when you are a crafty fisherman or woman, now, if you're, if you're smart and wise, you understand that it's going to take time. And see, this is what Jesus understood about Levi, that everybody, the Pharisees, they wouldn't deal with him. Jesus understood that the spirit of God, number one, he's truth. I mean, he's, he is God. But he says, in three and a half years, that brother is going to be a world changer. Three and a half years. The Lord is telling us, if you want to see the revival that we're describing, you have to be okay with it not going as fast as you may think it, it should. Because if we want to have that extension of trust, you're going to have to extend some patience with your cousins. Because we can talk about your friends and all that stuff. I find the families are the ones that we struggle with. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's like the ones that I'm okay with like the coworker sometimes, but the fam, the ones that I have to be associated with, the ones that God chose me to be associated with, and we don't talk about that. Like God, he gave you that family. Our responsibility is that what Jesus also did, not only did he establish credibility and he was able to cultivate trust, but Jesus demonstrated patience with sinners. So now the scribes in verse 16 and 17, they were eating and tax collectors, they asked him, they said, why does he eat with all these tax collectors and sinners? And then he said, I didn't come for the, for the, the sick, for the, for the well, I came for the sick. So he deals with, he deal, Jesus addresses the criticism of the religious while highlighting the needs of the sinner. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. So he addresses the criticism of the ones that are mad that he's moving this way, but he doesn't do that at the detriment or the denial of the sin or the need. So what that means is for us as we're moving, as we're, as we're handling this, because trust, people are going to talk about you when you start moving this way and you start living this way, and they're like, whoa, what are you, what are you doing over there? Why are you doing it that way? Why does it take all that? What happens is that you can address criticism and still highlight the need. And you don't have to, it doesn't mean you co-sign the foolishness. Jesus did not go there and was like, well, you know, I just appreciate the way they robbing people and the way that, you know, they hoeing around and the way that they moving over here. Like, I'm just, you know, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. So some of us, we like, because we, we, we like the idea of, you know, well, it's the grace of God and it's just the grace. You know, I am what I am and I come as I am. That's not, that's not untrue. But the truth is Jesus doesn't come in your life to keep you where you were. He comes into your life to bring you into a new way of living. And so for you, bro, for you, sis, if you're like, well, I just am who I am and I just come as I am. 
am and these people are so judgmental. How can I move around? Okay, cool. No problem. You're, you're accurate. But the problem is, is there progress? Is there movement? Is there, is there some change? Is there a little bit of fruit that's happening in your life? Because if there's no fruit in your life, why do you think you're going to get with your cousin or with your coworker or with the person that you know that, that, that wants some truth, that wants some change, that wants some answers, that wants some solutions, that's looking for hope, that's asking how you get down, how do you move, how do you do this? But if there's no fruit or, or there's, no, there's no process that you are in this, this producing life, why would they embrace the thing that you're walking out in? So he addressed the criticism, and then he gets honest, and it says, the entire reason why I'm here, listen to this, y'all, the entire reason why I went through the pain of sliding into humanity, and, and, and there were all of these plots and schemes for, for my birth to, to even occur. While I, while I was, as a 12-year-old, I was, I was preaching in the temple and, and telling them about the, 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 the exploits of God. And then for 18 years, y'all didn't hear nothing. But now, as a 30-year-old, it is the kingdom is at hand. The entire reason is for the broken, for the one that is disconnected, for the sick, for the abused and the abuser. For the one that was murdered and the murderer. For the one that was scheming and the one that was exploited. I came for the sinners. I came for the sick. My entire purpose for being here is to bring and restore people back to the Father. And so, and so those Pharisees and those scribes and those Sadducees who didn't get it, they got lost in the small picture. And so what I need you to do is see the big picture of the Father's will beyond the small picture of your way. You have to see bigger than what God, what, what God is doing. God is interested in moving you around brothers and sisters that need you. Yo, don't get caught up in why am I here or I can't believe I'm here. Of course you're there because God wants to use you. But if you get lost over there and then you get excited and when the drinks start flowing and you've had your cap, your limit, wherever that limit is, and now you keep going and you go, well, I'm just, I'm just at the house reclining. No, you're not. You are backsliding. That is not reclining. You're backsliding. So, like, what you have to do is you have to say, no, 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 no. I know my limit. I know where I need to be at. I'm there. Okay, cool. I'm with y'all. I love it. But I want you to know I love y'all and Jesus loves you and you bring something of substance of truth and you bring something that has substance and power and then what happens is God begins to use your life and he can use you over time. The thing that I love about my wife and she's so, she's like the greatest soul winner that I know because like she's constantly looking for opportunities. And we, this, what I'm trying to show you all is, is, is this, as much as I want you to have your Frank list, Frankie list, right, Frankie, Fra Francis, Francis list, okay. I want you to have it, but the way you live your life, this is, this is, look at me, he, said, he says, it's the way of Jesus. Y'all follow me? It's the way of Jesus. So everywhere you go, every person you interact with, every time you have an encounter, every time you're moved, you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I want you to use me for your glory and whatever that may be. And some days, can I be honest to keep it real? Some days it's not much at all. Some days he just says, just be faithful. Because what I'm building is a case for credibility. What I'm building 
is faithfulness. What I'm building is the case so that when you experience the bad news, the Bible says that you're not a person that, that, that experiences death and destruction without any hope. But the word of God says, but, but because Jesus has rose again, we have a hope and a, and a, and a reservoir of, of restitution that we can now rest in that and walk in the power of God. And so what he wants to do is he wants to release you and walk in that authority. But see, if you are, if you are a person that, that, that wants it on your time and you want them to change when it's, yo, I'm tired of them walking this way. They know better. They, they should have known by now. But then I start to look at my own brokenness in my jacked up state. And then I remember, see, while we were here worshiping, I started thinking about the mentality that I had before I came to Jesus. I thought about all the ways that I was and how I thought about life and, and how my life didn't mean anything. But the moment I came to the Father and I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You see, when people live that way, they open up the possibility for God to use them in a way that will blow your minds. And then sinners will say, come to the crib. Now, we're not going to act like there are not righteous and sinners. So we're not, there is a, there is there is a way that seems right in the eyes of man that is not right. So we're not going to do that. But the way we move is just reclining. Because what that means is that I trust the God that's inside of me beyond the false God and the false pretenses of what the world has to lift up. And as I live in a way, the Lord will bring you in and around people that will blow your mind. And, and, and when you're there, don't act surprised. When you're there, this is what God does with people that want to fish well. So, so don't be surprised. Don't be discouraged. This is what he wants to do with those of us. Because again, what does the word of God say? harvest is ripe, but the laborers who include fishermen and fisherwomen are few. So math says there's a lot of them out there, there's only few of us. So now when you go with the blessing to see, I see a Levi, I see a, a sister over there, but I see a woman or a man of God that He's going to use them powerfully. And so I'm patient, I establish trust, and I establish credibility so that at the end of it, they can say to me, yo, come to the crib. How many people want to get invited to the crib? Raise your hand. Come on, go, 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 go. Come on stand up, stand up, stand up. Pray for brothers and sisters that may be here right now. And um, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. No movement, no moving around. I stay still. Um, you, you currently, you would say it yourself that you're away from God, that you're, you are not in close relationship with Jesus. Maybe you said, man, I've blown it. I've messed up so much. I have uh, lived in a way that 
I know right now I'm not right with God. Or maybe you said, man, yo, at one point, like I was, but now I'm not, and I feel distant from God. It's, it's, the distance is, is that you, when you put your faith and your trust in his son, Jesus, now he'll give you the life that you could never live on your own. That's the exchange. So the truth of the matter is, yes, you've fallen, you've messed up, but the greater truth is that Jesus has come so that you could have life the way it was meant to be lived. And he took on the, the price for your sin. And now you can walk in the liberty and freedom that we were describing. With all heads bowed, our eyes closed. Brothers and sisters, y'all just be praying. I want to pray. There may be one or two people in here that say, David, that's me. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? Say, yo, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me on the count of three? Raise your hand. One, two, three. That's me. I want to get right with Jesus today. I want to get right with God. If you raise your hand right now, just do me another favor between you and the Lord. I want you to meet me right here at the front. Just, just say excuse me to the person to the left or the right of you. Just come meet me right up here in front of this altar. And you will get invited into the life. You are the Levi. You are the, the sister. You're the Lisa. But he says, I see so much in you, brother, sister, you could never imagine. I see greatness on you and your family. I know that you may have done some things that seem like, yo, I could never be the religious person or I, I could never be like those Christians over there. But Jesus is not asking any of those things of you right now. What he's asking is that you would come to him. If you're heavy, if you're burdened, if you're tired and if you're weak, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. The rest from your past, the rest from the things and the failure that maybe you said, I, I could never do those things. The Lord's saying, hey, come to me. I came for you so that now you can come to me. And he will give you an entirely brand new existence. And it ain't just going to be a feeling. This is the work of grace. So this is real. This is eternal. If you're here and you're watching online and you can be a part of this as well. You may be on there right now. You're crying through your tears. And you're like, I feel like he's talking right to me. That's not me. That's, that's the Lord. That's the spirit of God. And what he's saying is, I came so that you could have life in life more abundantly we're going to repeat this prayer and there's no real like it's not magic about the prayer that we're going to pray but but to the degree of your sincerity Jesus will come into your life and it's it's not a magic trick but it's a moment that he's going to say I'll give you the life that you could never live on your own when you surrender your life to me Everybody's here that wants to be a part of that, wants to do that. Just raise your hand, look at me real quick, say, yeah, that's why I'm here, that's why I'm here, that's why I'm here, that's why I'm here, that's why I'm here. Okay, so uh, I want everybody to bow your heads. And those of you all that are up here at the front, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I'm so sorry. I believe you died on a cross. And I believe you rose again. Today, come into my house. I make you Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I will serve you. Make me the new person that you always intended for me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray for you all that are right here. Pray. Brothers and sisters, y'all extend your hands to, to, to our, our brothers and sisters. Father, I thank you so much for my sisters and my brothers that are establishing 
a new relationship with you and a new commitment with you. Lord, I thank you so much that the old ways, that the old ways of thinking, that the old habits, the old uh, ways of living have gone away. And now, Lord, you're going to embrace them as your sons and your daughters. I thank you so much that today it's not just a moment of of, uh, uh, emotionalism, but this is a moment of transformation. By your spirit, you've drawn them to yourself. So now, Lord, from this moment on, they are yours, prized, blood-bought, and transformed for your honor and your glory. We promise we will steward them well and disciple them and love on them. We thank you for the great things that's in store for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you, and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text Jesus to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.